Hey there, Force friends. Andy here. This is our bonus episode talking about all of the Star Wars news that dropped last night if you are listening to this the day we air it. Uh, our regular episode for this week covering the Siege of Mandalore with Becca Soka is going to be its own separate thing. Uh, a special guest and I were just so excited to talk about this Star Wars news that we wanted to record a little something to put on top of the Siege of Mandalore episode, but it got really fucking long because we got so gonk darn excited for all this Star Wars news. You know, go listen to it. Go hear us geek out about the phenomenal conclusion to the Clone Wars, the Siege of Mandalore. But now, stay tuned. Listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast from Obi-Wan Kenobi to Orlando and from uh, Visions to other stuff. We've got you covered. Um, as, as you may have guessed, the announcer has become sentient. Introduce me, Andy. Hello, uh, I'm Andy. I'm one of the normal hosts of Force Friends Rewatch, and that's Ronnie, our producer and announcer, uh, announcer and uh, <laughs> music writer. Shit, I don't know. And he's here with me today because Ryan's at work. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't a full episode. We're just there. There's there's more Star Wars later in this episode. Don't you worry about that. Uh, Y'all are are covering the Siege of Mandalore. This is. A real heavy episode to put even more into <laughs> up top. Uh, we, we, we are recording this on 12-10-2020 at mm-hmm. 8.37 at night. Uh, I got off work a little while ago. Ronnie just put his kid to bed and the the, the Disney uh, floodgates opened uh, yeah. with the... The, the 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 big rich people phone call that they do and everything got announced and there's trailers and uh, we we're freaking out and have to talk about it but uh, Ryan couldn't be here and Ronnie was like yo let's do it so yep. we're, we're doing also, a little bit also I didn't mention it earlier um, but there there will be swearing um, yeah because, yes that's true because because sometimes you know we're just bad just and one we bad just get batch. so we get so gonk darn excited. So one gonk, so gonk darn excited, and we're just a couple of bad batches. It's um, true. So uh, so let's let's just let's let's jump into it. Uh, as Disney said here on Twitter, a punch it, Chewy. Um, which just it still feels dirty. Just like in the movie. <laughs> just like in the remember the movie. Yeah, that that star movie. We're starting off here um, with two shows that are, as Disney has put it, within the timeline of The Mandalorian. Um, can you first explain what that specifically means? Because it's it's all canon, but th- it is is it just mean it is happening parallel to. So The Mandalorian presumably still takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. Sure. That's what they said when they announced it uh no one had in the show has said what time it is right like no one's been like oh it's uh 10 bby it's 5 bby like no one has said the date so Mm -hmm. um presumably that's still true it seems like they've been kind of maybe trying to walk that back a little bit Mm -hmm. um like the Cobb vanth episode uh really felt like, oh, wow, this is happening very soon after Return of the Jedi with the flashback. Mm-hmm. It just kind of felt like that happened recently. Um, the the stuff with Ahsoka, um, presumably that's happening before the Rebels finale, but, like, maybe it's happening after. So, like, things are a little up in the air, and because they haven't said on camera in the show what time it is uh they can still flex a little bit but Mm -hmm. um when they made season one they 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 said in interviews five years so i mean i guess we can still go by that absolutely absolutely so the first show that we are discussing is uh rangers of the new republic um 
I know who the New Republic is. Um, these Rangers, I, I'm familiar with the Knights of the Old Republic. Um, these Rangers, who are these Rangers? So Rangers is a term used for uh, Rebel Alliance and I guess now New Republic shock troopers who like paratrooper in. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the uh, 101st Airborne from Band of Brothers. Uh, mm. uh, most notably that I can recall, there is a character in the Aftermath trilogy who um, kind of did that sort of stuff. He would like paratrooper in. And then there is Gina Carano's character from The Mandalorian who uh, is a ranger. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's, 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 that gets to the crux of it. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if Cara Dune was one of those rangers. I assumed so. She is. Yeah. And, um, she's not a good person. No. Uh, she has blocked, I mean, <laughs> she's blocked, uh, my personal Twitter and, uh, Force Friends Rewatch. Oh, great. So she won't hear this anyway. She no, sucks. she won't. Yeah. yeah fuck, <laughs> fuck turfs. Turfs yeah. are bad. Yeah, uh, crazy, weird conspiracy theorist people yeah. are bad. Anti-vax and comparing that anti-vaccine philosophy to uh, voter fraud, just like trying to check all the boxes uh, in one tweet. Bad, just real bad. Bad. Um, also, like the fact that this needs to be said, like harassing actors from Star Wars you don't like or like, I mean, from anything that you don't like is wrong and you shouldn't do it um pointing out like hey what you just said is really offensive to trans people maybe don't please maybe please stop like is that that's not harassing though there's a lot of false equivalency between you know what happened to kelly marie tran and john boyega is not what happened to gina carano gina carano yeah no for sure for sure that's disappointing um i am i you know am watching through season two of mandalorians and we just got back to uh just got back to village where everything started um so i've got some gina crown on my screen and i'm not pleased about it so very unhappy to know that there is more you know a whole show revolving around that we're getting a hat trick of transphobia right now in the Mandalorian. So we had a Gina Carano episode. Then we had uh-huh. a um, Rosario Dawson episode. Then we got more Gina Carano. And now we're getting a Bill Burr episode. Sure. So yeah. it's just like the Bill Burr episode is airing the day this episode is dropping. Yeah. Um, And it's just really discouraging. It's really like... God, I fucking love this show. And Pedro Pascal is such a positive voice in the Star Wars community for being an ally, uh, especially mm-hmm. to trans people. So, like, you know, Pedro is great, but God, this show has a casting problem. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Um, luckily... Bill Burr is not getting his own show in the Star Wars TV universe. Uh, But unluckily, uh, Ahsoka is here, Um, which is, you know, far more of a slap in the face, I feel like, than uh, Rangers of the New Republic. Um, Because I I speak for lots of Star Wars fans where we would, if if you would have told you five years ago, you're going to get a live action Ahsoka show and you're going to be really upset about it. That you 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 might have uh, raised an eyebrow at that, um, but here we are. Yeah, Ahsoka is a canonically queer character and uh, means a lot to um, so many sapphic women and trans women. Um, and Ashley Eckstein has been such a positive voice uh, for. Uh, women Star Wars fans, and then to turn around and have a uh, a transphobe and a bigot play her is really upsetting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, on the one hand, like Rosario Dawson and presumably Gina Carano will not be on Mando anymore, which is nice. Um, 
Uh, it's like really hard to be like excited for Ezra and Sabine and Thrawn, who presumably are all characters who are going to be in this show. When it's yeah. like, oh yeah, but then like Dawson is in it. It's uh, it's it's real <laughs> like like I feel like this 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 has come up a lot, and this is this is I, I'm I'm happy that this has not just been you know brushed aside as it very well could have been with Rosario Dawson, who is an you know an A list actor uh, by all respects. Gina Carano, if if she's blacklisted, I don't think anyone in the the big wig in Hollywood really like raise raise an eyebrow. But um, this could have easily just been you know PR aside, and it's not, and I'm glad about that. Um, but goodness gracious, that does not mean much to Disney. Um, I will point out that for Ahsoka, they tag Dawson in the post. For Rangers of the New Republic, they do not tag Gina Carano. Uh, so that's that's weird. It's weird. Uh, it's I don't, also, I don't it's know also, what that means, but... I, from a you know if i'm i mean everyone says if i'm the social media intern disney plus does not have a social media intern running their uh twitter on this uh big exec call um if if i'm the person running this account i say people can click this link and go directly to rosario dawson's page they're not gonna you know come across anything that's like offensive you are literally going to run into the shit that people are upset with Gina Carano about if you go to her Twitter page. So maybe That's we, true. you know, maybe we skip this one. I, I, you know, I'm holding on hope just the same as you are that it's like, you know, maybe uh, Cara Dune gets, I, I want to say gets fridged, but that's an insult to uh, female characters who have been fridged. Recast her. Recast. Recast or or just, you know. In like, A New Hope Three actors play Wedge Antilles. <laughs> Three actors in the same goddamn movie. Mm -hmm. Like, you can recast. It's fine. Yeah. Or just a bunch of those kids. A bunch of the kids from the from the school in, in, in the town. Now they're like, whoa, the, that ranger died. The marshal died. Now it's time for us to take up that. And, you know, it's several years in the future. I don't know. <laughs> I we will should. I will say with Ahsoka, um I have seen some pushback that this should not be her story. That this mm. should be Sabine and Ezra's story, and uh it feels weird to have the show titled Ahsoka. Mm. Uh if you've seen Rebels, uh I can definitely see that argument that this feels like it kinda should be Ezra and Sabine and Thrawn's story and Ahsoka should be a supporting character and not the lead. Mm -hmm. um, we all know that Dave Filoni loves Ahsoka a lot and he, he likes to uh, feature her prominently and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. We'll see what happens. I think mm -hmm. Ahsoka is a phenomenal character and uh, I do see the argument that it's maybe not her story to tell, but yeah, we'll we'll see. It could be great. It could be really tough to swallow, uh, and it could be it could be terrible. We'll find out. I I just this is the part where it's like you can't you can't change your past and you can't change what you have said. Gina Carano has no interest in doing either of those things. I I just I I I want there to be. I don't know if there's if if there's room for it. I, I I am not a member of the trans community, so I certainly cannot give this to anyone. But I, I would hope that with all of this backlash and with all of this becoming so public, Rosario Dawson would speak to it and would speak to it in a, in a way that makes people feel better, even if it does not give her redemption. Um, so she gave a fluff interview maybe a week ago or so. Mm -hmm. And like the, the reporter like asked her like, Hey, there's been some allegations. They seem suspicious. Like they seem like they're lies. What do you say? And Rosario Dawson's like, yeah, you're right. They're, they're not mm -hmm. true. And it, like, it was such a softball, like, the reporter was like, tell me how these things aren't true. Am I right? And Dawson was like, yeah, you know, those queer people. Right. Um, and like, there's been a trend in Hollywood recently where 
actors get accused of doing something shitty to queer people and then they kind of like come out as an ally Mm -hmm. they'll say like oh i want to come out as a um as a person who connects with the lgbtq community and you know i just feel in my heart that uh i can stand with that community and um you know i connect with it and they say a bunch of words that don't really mean anything and then reporters say oh so and so came out as queer and it's not what they said like rosario dawson has done this Mm -hmm. um and like i believe it was reported that she's by and she's like well that's not the label i used like i don't like labels i don't want to use labels like i just i feel connected to that community and it's like okay well it Mm. seems like you're trying to claim membership of the lgbtq community to like brush off these transphobic uh, allegations mm-hmm. and like dodge responsibility while also not like coming out. It's very weird uh, that one actress from the good place did it too. I'm blanking on her name, uh, mm, but the yes. one she, yeah. she got, she Jam- got Jamila Jamil. Yeah. She did this shit. And like, look, it is not my place to question anyone's identity or membership of the queer community. If you tell me you're queer, you're queer and like, you're welcome here. Um, But we need to also hold people in power accountable when they try and do this shit to just like brush off scandals. Um, Because like this identity is more than just your shield from scandal for hurting queer people. Us little people in the queer community who don't have multi-million dollar uh, TV and movie deals, we still face accountability when, you know, we say things or when we, we have conversations that are, you know, run afoul or, or, or maybe we say things that are that are not fair to other members of the queer community. There's no reason why we, you know, even if these people are queer, that they can't also be held accountable considering the seat of power that they hold. Yeah, and, um, you know, if you are queer and you are, you know, making millions of dollars, maybe be a vocal ally. Yeah. Um, and, like, the plight of queer people is, is by no means similar to the, the plight of indigenous people, but I did see an indigenous elder talk about how white people will claim indigenous heritage to shield themselves from racism. And this elder was like, well, even if you are indigenous, even if you do have some amount of indigenous blood, like where is your tribe membership? Like what tribe are you a part of? What tribe have you been like working with? Like Mm -hmm. who in the indigenous community have you been benefiting? And if your answer for all of that is nothing because you pass as white, then like, fuck out of here. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't get to claim us just to avoid scandal when you're not living and working with this community. And, um, I just thought those were very powerful words. And again, queer, queer struggles are not indigenous, uh, comparable to indigenous struggles. Like I'm not trying to like say they're the same sure. thing, but, um, that is kind of how I feel with Rosario Dawson saying, Oh, I'm like, vaguely queer and it's like well it sounds like you beat the shit out of a trans man and are just trying to get you know the fuck out of that uh if you are queer cool who are you working with who are you benefiting in this community like what's the work you're doing if you're one of us because you know we could use some help yeah Absolutely. So we're going to just have to see what happens with those two not starting out on a great foot by any means. No, especially because this is the Siege of Mandalore episode. Yep. (laughs) Oh, boy. We're going to talk. Get ready for them to talk about how much they love Ahsoka. Because we do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We all should. Just this is the thing. It's super complicated. Um, let's, let's go ahead and move on to one that I know we can all get behind. And that's Andor. Fuck yes. 
Ronnie. Cassian Andor solo project. So excited for this show. So excited. Uh, as soon as I saw the uh, the camera kind of like pan across Cassian and that kind of like light behind him kind of like coy smile kind of thing, I, I immediately thought of your fiance um, in in his Cassian Andor cosplay. Yes, uh, follow my fiance on Instagram, Thaumaturge Cos. Uh, he he cosplays Cassian, and he's very very attractive. Cassian's going to be a great show. Um, yes, I, I love that they have that quote from Rogue One where he's talking about all the fucked up shit he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want them to shy away from that on this sure. show. Uh, they gave us a sizzle reel like they do for all the movies, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of cool aliens, a lot of cool, like, Republic-era tech, like, yeah. scene in this, which is really neat. Um, some World War II bomber, like, bubbles on a ship that Cassian's in, and the, like, bubble shot out looks real cool. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see Alan Tudyk again. Mm. Um, I believe, uh, previously mentioned about this show, uh, Cassian's sister is going to be a main character, so that'll be really neat. Yes. We can always use more women of color in Star Wars, for sure. And, uh, let this man touch Jabba. Let him touch the Jabba. Um, yeah, this looks great. It looks like they are, they've really brought in the film quality to it, um, much like with Mandalorian. I mean, that's... It's not a, a, any surprise there that it's done by the uh, the very, very good uh, creature company and um, robotics people that work on on Star Wars. The films are going to be at play here as well. Um, yeah, it just looks good. And I'm, I'm so, so excited to see Diego Luna like on press tours again. <laughs> I love him. Uh, so there's like a turquoise droid scene for like a second, like this turquoise astromech. And I want to mm-hmm. know that droid's whole story. Yep. 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 Droids. Droids are going to be the best part of most of these shows. I feel like. True. Uh, let's go ahead. Keep moving on. Um, and we'll go to one that has been, uh, I believe long called for from you and has just been a, a, a fan favorite for a while. That's Obi-Wan Kenobi. So they announced that Hayden Christensen will be returning as Darth Vader. Yes. I have been championing, championing, whatever. Championing. Yeah. Hayden coming back as Anakin uh, for the longest time. I've said I want it. I want him to get another uh, shot at it. Um, I said that Kenobi would be perfect to have him showing up in like some dream sequences or, you know, maybe... Ben's been out on the sun too long and like just give Hayden another shot to like put those robes on and interact with you and they said he's coming back as Darth Vader, though. Mm hmm. And it's set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. And I don't know how I feel about Vader being in it. Now, there's that like wiggle room of like he's Darth Vader when he is on Mustafar. He's Darth Vader when he attacks the Jedi Temple. Sure. But, uh, so, like, he could still be Darth Vader in, like, these dream sequences that I've been saying I want. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, flashbacks to the Clone Wars. I would love that, to see Obi-Wan and Anakin having fun in live action. But, uh, I don't think I want, like, Cyborg in the suit Vader in this space so i don't really understand how that even lines i mean time wise i I understand how it lines up but like hayden christensen and cyborg in the suit vader i don't like he vader when he is you know i don't know what there's probably a word for but when he is reassimilated into into cyborg vader He's James Earl Jones. Like that, that's that is not that's a, a the, Hayden. Th- that's the voice. But right, Hayden yes. wore the suit in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And I guess we've been doing all this with with Pedro Pascal and, and that has been like a whole thing. But it's just like if it's just if you're just Anthony Daniels in 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 the suit, if you're just like that, that feels strange to highlight so heavily that no Hayden Christensen is going to be the one in the suit. Um. I don't know. It, it it feels 
I, I want what you want. I want yeah. Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of goofing off, starting to see, you know, the the beginnings of their of their split in philosophy. Um, Just have Ewan in the desert hallucinating and having all these sad flashbacks sure. to the Clone Wars. Like, would I would good. love that. Would but, be good. Um, you know, in A New Hope, Vader says, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Sure, maybe they saw each other again in the space between 10 years after Return of the Revenge of the Sith, but, you know, eight years before A New Hope. But, like, Tarkin in that same movie is like, oh, he died a long time ago. Like, yeah. Obi-Wan's not around. Like, your old master's long dead. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. So, it, we'll see. I trust them. I trust them. I think it's going to be good. Who knows? Maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll blow my doubts away. Uh, sure. I am still really excited for this show. I am also really excited for Hayden to be coming back to Star yes. Wars. Yes, yes. I mean that that is unequivocal. That is you know it's very cool. I I you know there is if if they've got him under contract and this is Disney where people like to spread that talent around. I, I would not be surprised if we might see at least glimpses of him in Ahsoka. Um, yeah. Which which would you know. Again, it, we have very complicated feelings on that show, but yeah, uh, it, I did it, not even consider that, Ronnie. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, I mean, it, they, they've got him, and he wants to be back in this world. I saw a tweet um, asking if Hayden Christensen had sat around after uh, Revenge of the Sith, watching the Clone Wars, and being like, "Damn, I should have, I should have done stuff like this. I should have, <laughs> I want, I wanted to do this." And now he's been like chomping at the bit to get back into it. Maybe he gets back into a big way. Maybe he's just looking for, you know, a couple cameos here and there. We'll we will have to wait and see. Well, like we just got Tamora back as Boba and uh, I'd be shocked if we did not see him as Cody or Rex in any of these other shows, Mm -hmm. Um, especially the Ahsoka show. Like Rex is right there. I've been saying from the start of Kenobi, I want Cody to be the villain doesn't seem like that's what's happening, but it'd still be cool. But um, fans have a short memory and kind of forget that they gave Tamora a ton of shit for being Jango Fett and they gave Hayden a ton of shit for Anakin. So, um, you know, I'm very grateful that these huge pieces of these franchises are returning and that the fans are like excited and giving them the love and respect that they deserve. But, you know, these people should have always been getting our appreciation and, uh, Star Wars fans can be shitty sometimes. Sure can. Sure can. And that and that's part of what, when I think about Obi-Wan Kenobi, about this show, uh, there is a lot of history. Not just history, of course, in the Star Wars universe, but a lot of history of this being its own standalone project. Um, yeah, it was supposed long, to be a movie, then it became a yeah. show. And and even long before the Disney acquisition, this, this, like, there, was, there was talk about this, as there always is with these things. So I... I, I you know, I, I trust them. I think they'll do a good job, but I think that there's a lot riding on this show, too. And anytime something is high pressure like this, I get a little bit more nervous. So we will we will have to see. Uh, next is a uh, is is one that I know is is uh, on your list of, of things you're excited for. It's the Bad Batch. Hell yeah. So there you love is, the Bad Batch. There's so much in this trailer. You could just stop like frame by frame and go Mm -hmm. um we see the imperial security droids that we saw from rebels it looks like and they are a precursor to the dark trooper which we just saw in mando we see zygerian slavers we see um the uh cis assassin droids the commander droids we see uh clone troopers we see um tarkin we see Fennec Shand uh, tearing it up, and it's just really funny to me that she's friends with Boba Fett and friends mm-hmm. with the Bad Batch, because, like, she's just buddies with all of the Django clones, I guess. <laughs> um, we maybe see some Camino stuff. Uh, it's, like, there's there's so much packed into this. Yeah. Um, it all looks great. Bunch of D. Bradley Baker, of course. Echo is back. Uh, Hunter... Crosshair, 
Wrecker. All of, yeah, Wrecker. All of the tech. All of the good, good boys in the Bad Batch. <laughs> um, this is apparently taking place, like, directly after Revenge of the Sith. Like, we see Palpatine giving his the first ever galactic empire speech. Uh, mm-hmm. That was my Palpatine impression. That's is very good. Uh, so yeah, this looks dope. Real mm-hmm. excited for it. Um, the question of like what happened to all the battle droids once Anakin murdered all of the separatist mm-hmm. leadership is, you know, worth asking. And then of course, like what happened to all the clones? Cause we know stormtroopers are not clones. They're like enlisted. So, Right. Um, presumably nothing good happens to all of these clones. <laughs> I know Filoni's talked about in interviews that like a lot of them had PTSD after doing Order 66 and just kind of like couldn't cut it anymore. And also like the Empire is racist and doesn't consider clones human and like they're very humanist. So like the Empire did away with a bunch of clones. So we'll we'll probably be seeing a lot of that sort of stuff here. Yeah. And it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I am. I'm, I'm I, I, I have always been drawn to uh, checking out more of the animated stuff and I have I have done a shit job of it. And the Bad Batch might force me into having to do a, a real marathon session through the through the uh, important bits. You can you can tear through it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all on Disney Plus and mm-hmm. it, like they're 20 minutes long. You can just, you know, put it on and just go. The next show that we have coming up is something a little bit different, um, but one that I'm like very interested and excited about. It's Star Wars Visions. Star Wars Visions, an original series of animated short films, celebrates the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best Japanese anime creators. So. That's really cool. Mm hmm. Uh, the the original Clone Wars cartoon, the one that's not canon anymore, the 2D one was done by the guy who did Samurai Jack. Mm. And it's, you know, it feels very anime. It's very stylized. Uh, right. And it's uh, still, like, held in high regard. Um, this this sounds very different. Yeah. I can already hear people being like, hey, what's canon? And, like... Right, right. Because well, anim- it, anime has distinctive art... Right. You know, features to it. It reminds me of... Um, Forces of Destiny. I don't know if you've if you've taken any of those shorts. Love them. Yes. Um, they are canon adjacent, I would say. Is there an official word on whether they are all canon or not? Or Well, it, I mean, it's like anything that is aimed at kids. Like you sure. can you can like be like, oh, like this maybe happened in canon, but it's tamed down because the medium right. it is being right. told in is yes. for kids. Same with the Lego stuff. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It's the story maybe happened, but right. like it's being Lego fied. Like. Yes. And it's and it's all stylized in, you know, something a little softer than you'll see in Clone Wars or Rebels. Um, the, the, as you said, the script is a little softer, um, still amazingly talented voice actors, still, you know, breathtaking animation um, in terms of, you know, what they're able to do with the 2D format. Um yeah, I, I would I would love to see. And it basically, for those of you who don't know, it, it takes, you know, situations that characters very well could have been in and, you know, weaves them throughout other other uh, situations in the Star Wars universe and just takes them on little mini adventures, little mini journeys. I would absolutely love to see, you know, Japanese anime creators really take some of these big moments of Star Wars whether they're directly from the films, directly from the books, and, you know, animate these really touching emotional scenes, animate these battle scenes, animate, uh, you know, some a starfighter or a, a, a destroyer taking on a, an X-Wing kind of thing. I, oh, I, I, there's, there's that anime short film about a TIE fighter and an X-Wing pilot, and it's yeah. incredible. There's, there's endless potential here, and I... And, you know, it, it is it is a project that does not really fit the oeuvre of what we've been talking about so far. So it seems like Disney is willing to take a chance on this. And I really hope that they give the creators as much as, as much rope as possible. Yeah, I, I, don't don't cuff cool. their hands to canon. Let them do something yeah. really artistic and really different and right. uh, let them run wild with it. There, there are there are things when 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 you have a universe like Star Wars where everything is 
you know, it is pre-decided. Everything is canon. When something is not canon, it's like, you know, bring out the crosses, bring out the garlic. We need to we need to shun this this vampire back from whence it came. Um, my favorite parts of a canon story that that people say is canon, but is kind of like canon adjacent is when they have stories like this, where it's like almost fanfic from within the universe, almost as if like a young person learning about the Battle of Yavin, you know, would create this art. This is the story they would tell. It might not be exactly how it happened, but it is certainly inspired by people who were inspired by this. Well, even that that old Clone Wars cartoon, people were like, is this canon? Is this not canon? Because Mace Windu just punched a droid army to death with his bare hands. And it's <laughs> like, who cares? Like, it yeah. was fucking awesome. Like, just just enjoy the story. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for this. I think it, it's going to be very, very different. And uh, a bunch of different sort of creators than normally play in the Star Wars sandbox. Like, we don't have a lot of st- uh, Star Wars anime out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Uh, next, we have Lando, a brand new event series for Disney Plus uh, about, you've guessed it, Lando Calrissian. So, presumably, Donald Glover will be back? They they haven't confirmed. I mean, all the images I saw that were accompanying this in articles had both um, Billy D. Williams and uh, Donald Glover. Um what and I would love is if we have Billy D. Lando telling stories as an unreliable narrator. Yes. And then seeing Donald Glover Lando mm-hmm. like like doing the like what really happened kind of thing. Yes. Oh, that would be so good. Or even like someone with Billy D. like mm, that's not quite how it <laughs> and then like, you know, cut back to it. it I mean, it, it has to be funny. You know, it has to have some humor to it. It has to be just cool as hell um but it i i think the the possibility of having both billy d and and donald glover in this would be amazing i think this is the first black led star wars thing ever boy howdy yeah i guess so um you know they they kind of made us think finn was the lead of force awakens and he wasn't Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, I could not be more excited for this. I would love if we got to see some characters and actors from Solo reappear, mm-hmm. like Kira or Maul or even uh, Alden as Han again would be fantastic. Yep. Um, I definitely want Jonas back as Chewie. Like, please, uh, Jonas is fantastic as Chewie. Uh, mm-hmm. So this would be perfect to get him back. And, of course, just like, Donald Glover and Billy D are both uh, iconic uh, in this role. So yeah, uh, it is going to be. Let me just check on that. It is going to be. Uh, okay, so uh, Justin Simon is going to be, is in the early stages of developing the project. It says, um, who was previously um, the writer and director for Dear White People, a uh, a comedy on Netflix. Uh, and also this year's uh, Hulu horror, uh, black horror, bad hair. And, you know, both of these series and this and this film are, you know, really, as we've talked about on some of our other uh, podcasts, reclaiming the genre of the, you know, the intellectual comedy and the uh, horror genre um, and, and putting their own spin on it. So I'm I'm very excited for what they could do in the Star Wars universe with the character of Lando. Yeah, everything you just said, I just, I agree with 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next show is something that I actually had to do a research on, but it doesn't seem like there's much information on it. It's a show called The Acolyte, a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Uh, as far as I can see, this one is it. All that they know is that it will be woman led um, and it will be directed by uh, Leslie Headland, um, who did 
um, Russian Doll, which was on Netflix a couple years ago. Excellent show. Amazing show. Uh, and actually was a director on Terriers, which is oh. a show that we'll be covering on Ending Pending coming up. So acolytes in Star Wars are typically people connected to the dark side who like worship the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a kind of Sith cult called Acolytes of the Beyond in, uh, I believe, the Aftermath trilogy where they're... Um, trying to like find Darth Vader's lightsaber to worship it and stuff. Um, and there's uh, Sith acolytes uh, in other media as well. Um, Ventress is commonly referred to as like an assassin or an acolyte of the Sith. Um, the like dark side cult on Morbin uh, are called acolytes uh, occasionally. So there's a, uh, there's stuff out there uh, with that word in Star Wars already, so we can maybe get an idea of what this character might be. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's taking place in the final days of the High Republic is interesting. The High Republic is a multimedia uh, event happening kind of in the spirit of Shadows of the Empire, where when that came out, it was a comic, a novel, a video game, and an album, all telling mm-hmm. the same story, but like, focusing on different characters. Yeah. And uh, the High Republic right now is multiple comic books, multiple novels, all taking place uh, 200 years, 100 years before The Phantom Menace. Um, Hmm. I got to interview DJ uh, Jose Older to talk about his novel uh, in this space. Um, That interview exists somewhere out there. It was uh, Mm -hmm. for the Rebels Readathon event, which was really cool. I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, so, like, you can hear me talk to one of the authors about getting to work on this project. None of us knew that it was going to get uh, a show or mm-hmm. movie series. So, a, a Seems, show. Yeah. Yep. Um, the High Republic is what they're doing that's really cool that I love is they're really making the universe feel older. Don't get me wrong, I love the KOTOR games, but they're set like a thousand years before A New Hope, and everyone has the same technology. They still have hyperdrives, they still have shields, they still have droids, they still, like, everything pretty much feels very aesthetically and, like, technologically samey, where with the new canon, the High Republic, like, the Jedi look like fucking D&D shit. Like, they're, they look like Arthurian knights, uh, the technology is way older and feels older. Uh, so I'm really excited for a show to play in this space with the, you know, different costumes and aesthetics and, uh, you know, what does the Star Wars universe look like a long time before the movies we're familiar with? What is mm-hmm. what are the cultures like? What are the attitudes like? What are the politics like? So, yeah, uh, and it, this sounds real spooky. So I'm in. It does. It uh, I mean, just, you know. Uh, essence of a cult that worships the Sith. I mean, that alone. Um, but then you add in the the time period where this is happening and, and where the Sith are, you know, at their at their uh, about to take their prominence. It's uh, it, it it has all the trappings of something very, uh, you know, espionage, but also very, very spooky. Well, what's interesting is the Sith are still using the rule of two, and Kiati Mundi in the Phantom Menace says we haven't seen the Sith in a millennium. So, uh, this is going to have to be very secretive. Uh, there's the phenomenal book that's Legends now, but uh, the Plagueis book, uh, mm. you know, kind of deals with that space of like, what are the Sith up to before the Phantom Menace? And this is going to be set, you know, a hundred or so years even before that. Uh, mm. it, it could be really, really noir-ish with the Sith trying to, like, stay hidden and uh, still do their machinations. It's going to be, yeah. I think, very cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, next project is uh, an animation project. Um, it's called A Droid Story. Uh, an epic journey introducing us to a new hero guided by R2-D2 and C-3PO. 
to me, and you can correct me if I if it feels like I'm wrong, feels in the vein of the force uh, forces of destiny, something for uh, young people or or maybe just a, a different maybe maybe I'm wrong and it could be a multimedia experience, something, you know, that starts on TV, but goes elsewhere and is more interactive. What was your input on this? This feels like a kid's show. Sure. Or kids movie. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everything Star Wars is going to be for you. Mm-hmm. And just because it's not for you doesn't mean it's bad. Yep. Uh, so this this sounds great. Um, I don't really watch the the Lego stuff or like um, the Freemaker adventures or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched the holiday special and had fun with it. Yep. Uh, but like, yeah, this this probably isn't for me, but it does sound real fun for people with kids. So, yeah, uh, I love the droids. Um, I'm sure Anthony Daniels will be back and like mm-hmm. I love him and he's great. So, yeah, this sounds cool. Um, and then I'll, I'll finish it off with uh, something that is, um, I guess, not Star Wars, uh, but in this world of, of, of brand and corporate synergy, something that certainly uh, could be uh, folded into that universe at some point. Uh, they announced a, a Buzz Lightyear origin story. Um, and my favorite part, it is not voiced by the bad man. It's voiced by Chris Evans. I love that. I didn't have a bit for ending pending, uh, I guess this week, uh, is when this happened. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, uh, let's make fun of, uh, fucking the bad man. Just Mm -hmm. a bunch. Yep. And lo and behold, they're doing a Buzz Lightyear story without him. Right. I mean, granted, Buzz Lightyear is much younger than this. So they put in, you know, the much younger Chris Evans, who's not a grown ass man with a beard. Um, I did see Chris Evans tweet that this is about the man who inspired the toy. Buzz Lightyear. Ah, so this is not about the toy. Interesting. This is about the action hero named Buzz Lightyear. I guess like the old cartoon was. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, the, the, the the toy was definitely the, the, the show back in the day was certainly um you know, it was it was a, a, a Transformers esque like we made a toy. So now let's make a show to go off of it. So that that was a very much a, you know, space oriented thing. But I am I did not realize that I'm excited to see what they do with that project. We did miss a Star War. We did miss a Star War. Yeah. For some reason, the Star Wars Twitter didn't tweet about this and we were just going up the Star Wars Twitter. But- right. Star Wars Rogue Squadron, directed by Patty yes. Jenkins. I mean, it's 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 not a, it's not a a a show, a series. No, um, but it is certainly worth mentioning. Yeah, go, go take that away. Um, we don't know when it's set. We don't know much about it other than what I just said that it's Patty Jenkins. Um, I did see the author of the Rogue Squadron books tweet at Patty Jenkins and just be like, "What did he say?" He said, that is so bloody cool. Glad to know the person doing the Rogue Squadron movie feels the same about Pilot's duty in Star Wars as I did when I was writing the novels and graphic novels. Can't wait. And Patty Jenkins retweeted it and said, I hope we make you proud. Thank you for your inspiring work. Hashtag Rogue Squadron. And um, I love those books. I love those books so much. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I read them growing up in the 90s. Uh, I still have the tattered paperbacks on my shelf. I occasionally reread them. They hold up. They're phenomenal stories. I've been playing squadrons nonstop since I got mm-hmm. it. Cause like the yep. pilots are my characters. I love the star Wars pilots. So, um, this could be set during the galactic civil war. It could be set after, uh, the Battle of Jakku, kind of in that Mandalorian space. Uh, it does seem like it's going to be a movie, not a show. Um, I suspect it'll be after Yavin and will be Wedge forming it kind of pre-Empire Strikes Back. But mm. we, we just don't know more than that for now. Patty Jenkins did a great little trailer, uh, just kind of talking about how excited she was for this project. So, yeah, fucking stoked. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so good. So cool. So, so good to have her like in this. It's just when when you get someone that can play in this space, um, I know that they they it's been long announced, but uh, Taika Waititi is going to be doing a Star Wars film. Um, 
you know, whenever you get someone with that caliber, that like level of of, you know, just something different they bring to a film gets to play in the space that you occupy, the space that you're so interested in. It's it is uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I saw the video come up and I saw her talking about it and she's, you know, and I kind of like scanned through thinking like, well, this is just like something she's doing. And she puts on a, you know, one of the traditional Star Wars rebels, hel- not rebels, but like a rebellion helmet for a, for a, you know, a pilot. And I you know, quickly was like, no, no, we're wide. I have to see what she said. This is this is amazing. Um, she walks off over to a, an X-Wing. It's 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 good stuff. Um, You know, uh, there's a lot like we said at the beginning, there is a lot to look at Disney and, and Star Wars and Lucasfilm to say, like, Ugh, can you like. Can you can you just like think a little bit? Can you pay attention to the fans a little bit? Uh, and then there's parts of it where, you know, they're they're doing amazing. And so. Like. Wedge is one of the characters who just has been missing from the new canon. He has been in stuff for sure, but it's always been kind of on the periphery. And, um, you know, us diehard pilot fans are like, God, we miss Hobby. We miss Wedge. We we miss... Um, well, I mean, Biggs died, but um, <laughs> we miss, no one dies forever. We miss these these characters that we grew up, uh, you know, loving. I mean, Gavin Darklighter, Biggs's younger cousin who joins Rogue mm-hmm. Squadron, um, uh, like, and they've they've been in the periphery, like with little nods, like, hey, we we know you miss these characters, and like, here's here's a little here's a little taste. And just like Boba Fett, no one knowing what happened in the new canon with him and like feeling like, man, it's been five years since Disney got it. Like if sure would be nice if we knew what happened to, to Boba Fett. It sure would be nice if we knew like what Rogue Squadron has been up to. Uh, it was worth the wait. Like yeah. they're they've had something planned. They've been building towards it. They've been giving us a little taste here and there in comics and games. Uh you know, I mentioned squadrons. The wedge mission is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just stoked that we're getting a Star Wars movie called Rogue Squadron. Yes. Like, with this director. Could yeah. not could not ask for a better combo. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be going to be so good. Very excited for it. Um, um, as but but, you know, with this podcast, the one thing that I know about it is that you only talk about Star Wars uh, TV. Um, so, you know, erase that last bit from your mind, listeners, that didn't happen. Didn't, um, isn't the droids thing a film? Droids thing? I mean, it's going to be on TV. I don't think that's going to, like, theaters, so there's there's an argument there. I don't know. I think this is, too. I, I think this is going to Disney+. Plus. Maybe it's going oh, to okay. theaters, I don't know, but... Yeah, I don't know. I guess everything at this point is is it's just kind of going straight to streaming at this point. Yeah. Uh, theaters don't really exist right now, <laughs> and may um, never again. Um, the one the one thing that I'm shocked we didn't see. Was, yeah, let's talk about that. Things that they that we feel like they should have brought up but missed. Uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Yeah, that was uh, supposed to be the next slate of films. Um. Last we heard, it's still happening. Uh, it, they did say the next theatrical release, I believe, is 2023. So for all we know, that could still be the Ryan Johnson trilogy. And because it's, you know, 2020, they still just didn't want to present it at this meeting. You know, maybe they're saving yeah. it for next year's. I did. Um, I now that you now that you're talking about that, I did read an article that said this that Rogue Squadron would be the next film in in the Star Wars uh, canon. So that that strikes me as I mean, it could be like we said, it could be a film on um, on Disney Plus that goes direct to, to streaming. But it, the way that they phrased it definitely felt like this is the next, you know. This is the the next Star Wars story, quote unquote, that we are going to see now that the uh, Skywalker saga is is at end. Yeah, I mean, they they mention here the 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 Taika Waititi project. They they give no information on it other than like 
it's in development. I it is it is strange that they would not at least mention the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Yeah, I don't know what that means. So maybe uh, they're hoping that we all forgot about it. Um, I love Ryan Johnson. I think mm-hmm. he has uh, one of the best filmographies of any writer or director working in Hollywood right now from brick to brothers bloom to looper to the last Jedi to knives out. Like the man has not had a miss and I would love to see what he can do in star Wars when he's not changed to, uh, the Skywalker saga. So, mm-hmm. um, I hope it's still happening. I'm excited for it. Uh, kind of surprised it wasn't mentioned here, but yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, somebody, uh, it was very good to see. I, I I don't know if you liked it or retweeted it, but it came across my feed in that way on Twitter. Uh, it was just a poll as to what you would rather, what what you really want to see next. And of course, you know, uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy was was leading the pack there. This I, I say, of course, this was I think a a queer Star Wars uh, Twitter account. Um, so in that sense, uh, Ryan Johnson was leading the pack. Um, but. The you know, when you click the your your selection, you can see the results and it was zero percent one of the uh, Boba Fett movie. And that, that that felt that felt right. That felt correct. Yeah, uh, we've 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 talked about Boba Fett on here before uh, <laughs> yeah. and our opinions on him. Uh, I liked that Mando episode. I didn't really care for him <laughs> as Iron Man, just kind of like kicking ass. But I sure. liked old man Fett as like John Rambo kicking ass. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, very good, very good. Lots to lots. I mean, I, I think what we have confirmed here is uh, Force Friends rewatch isn't getting canceled anytime soon. There's lots, uh, lots in the uh, in, in in the bin for Forest Friends rewatch to shuffle through once we once y'all are done your Mandalorian rewatch. Um, it just never ends, it would seem, which is good. It's it, I, I will say ambitious is all get out like it, it, it's like 10 series within the next three to four years. Um, and one thing I was thinking with Obi-Wan, with Ahsoka, with, you know, if Ahsoka is happening parallel to uh, Rangers and, you know, Obi-Wan is happening the time that it's supposed to be and Lando is happening at all. It, it, it just I I know this is a big universe. This is a big galaxy. But as we know from watching Star Wars for the past 30 years or so, uh, this galaxy is not that big. Um, are, are all these happening at too similar a time period? Is there is there a fear of that? There there does seem to be some overlap in time period for some of these stories. Sure. We know Bad Batch is happening right after Revenge of the Sith. We see part of Revenge of the Sith in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Clone Wars ended with Revenge of the Sith happening. So, like, it seems like this is picking up right after Clone Wars. Um, Then Kenobi is 10 years after that. Then Rogue Squadron is roughly probably 10 years after that because luke is 19 Mm -hmm. in new hopes so nine years after that and then you know a year for empire rogue squadron's probably in there somewhere um then mando ahsoka uh rangers is five years after that um and those are all happening at once. Who knows when or where droids is. Uh, mm-hmm. The acolyte thing is hundred or so years before any of this. So it's, there does seem like there could be some overlap in some of these stories. Uh, and it wouldn't be surprising if multiple actors were showing up in multiple stories. Like Tamora yep. Morrison could be Cody in Kenobi. He could be Rex in Ahsoka and he is Boba Fett on Mando. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he could also be Rex in Rangers for all we know. Like Rex is probably still doing stuff with the new Republic. If he's not Mm -hmm. hanging out with Ahsoka, um, Hayden could be Anakin in Kenobi and in Ahsoka in flashbacks or visions and stuff. So I think it could be confusing for some casual fans, but, Mm -hmm. um, we've already seen that Mando isn't afraid to go there. 
Yes, yes. I, I as as the resident casual fan, um, I, I definitely think there are parts of of Mando that just go over my head. Um, but it is still such an amazing story, such an amazing piece of film um, that I, I'm still able to enjoy it just fine. And 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 left wondering, like, mm, I wonder what this means. I wonder what that means. Um, so I think they'll they'll probably manage that pretty well. Uh, a piece of the. Um, Ahsoka Rangers Mando um, trifecta that I did read about, which makes me also not super psyched about it, is that it seems like they are working towards a kind of um, crossover event, um, a, a universe. I forget where I read it or, or exactly how they put it, but it just seems like they are uh, gearing this up to be. A sh- I, w- I don't want to say shared universe because all of course all of this is a very very shared universe but like a shared universe within the shared universe of like you know crossovers happening and and a culminating event where you know Ahsoka the Rangers and Mando all have to deal with it like in the future um, I don't love that idea of it of everything being kind of dependent upon each other um we've seen how that can fail in the netflix marvel universe um but i guess we will we will see what they do with it well when throne was mentioned a couple weeks ago in mando Mm -hmm. i was like oh that's cool i assumed he'd be dealt with on an ezra show and then I was thinking more about it and was like, man, if they're really planning on bringing Thrawn back in roughly the same time period when his original trilogy of novels took place, it would be kind of a shame if like these like B-list Star Wars characters were the ones to deal with him. Yeah. Because in the original Thrawn trilogy, he is fighting Luke, Leia, Lando, Chewie, Han, R2 and 3PO, like, like the best of the best, the cream of the crop, Mara mm-hmm. Jade, like, mm-hmm. like the A-list team. And don't get me wrong. I love the Star Wars TV shows. I have a podcast dedicated to them. You're listening mm-hmm. to it right now, but like Star Wars TV show is kind of the B team. Yeah. And, uh, look, if you have three shows combined to deal with the threat of Thrawn coming back, and it's the time period where he's supposed to be and, you know, this remnant threat or maybe he's got a pirate army. Like, they could do anything. Who knows what Thrawn is up to right now? That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That that feels like it's big enough for Thrawn. Like, if, sure. if Thrawn is the culminating threat of three TV shows worth of characters, that feels like, okay, he deserves it. You know, it was super cool to see him in Rebels because, oh, wow, this is young Thrawn. Like, look at young, sexy, up-and-coming Thrawn. (laughs) Like, he's only just become a Grand Admiral. This is, you know, years before his story takes place. But Mm -hmm. if you're dealing with Thrawn five years after Return of the Jedi, when his novels took place, he's got to be a big deal. And, uh, you know, if three shows are kind of combining to deal with him, that seems kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, wow. You've you just completely assuaged my fears in, in, in mere moments, so good on you. Um Yeah, I mean I I, <laughs> I wanna like tell you where to find these shows, but you know where to find them. I'm not gonna show for this company. Um yeah how dare we shill for <laughs> for for Disney and Lucasfilm. That'd be embarrassing. <laughs> You find you Google where you can find them yourself. I'm not give I'm us not. money. <laughs> Force friends at Kofi. There you go. There you go. Um, I think I'm deciding as your producer that this has to be its own episode. Yeah, I was um, gonna say, Ronnie, this cannot just go ahead. No, of this the is not an episode. intro to your your very important uh, Siege of Mandalore episode. So I'll, I'll put a we'll, we'll work on a little uh, a little caveat at the beginning that directs people to the right place at what they're looking for, but. Um, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a blast to talk about Star Wars with you. Been a blast to learn more about the universe and more about the film universe and more about what to be excited about. If uh, if people want to want to, you know, what, what, what can people do to follow you? What can people do to find you online? 
Follow us on Twitter at ForceFriendsPod. Give us money at Kofi slash ForceFriendsRewatch. Shoot us an email at ForceFriendsRewatch at gmail.com. And remember, reach out to Bristol Podworks uh, to make all your podcast dreams come true. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And uh, listen to Ronnie and I and Evan on Ending Pending. Uh, we just finished uh, a breakdown of Elliot Page's and Ian Daniels' vacation, and we are about to start Terriers. Mm-hmm. Lots of heavy behind us. Lots of who knows ahead of us. Um, good good things happen over there. Check it out. Um, and And make sure... You tell the boy that this is the way. And, uh, fuck turfs. Yeah. Morning. Morning. Morning.